Grace to you and peace from God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Alone. It's a feeling that we've all experienced at some point or another. Maybe, maybe you were outside gazing up realizing the magnitude of the universe and all of God's creation, and you realized just how small you really are, and you felt alone. Or maybe it just happened to be that you were in the house at the right time in the right place, and for whatever reason, you felt it. You felt alone. You felt lonely. Even when we think about the church, sometimes it feels like as a church, we are in a great sea of sin. We are in a great sea of of cultural shifts and changes, and we alone are this small island that we are all alone in the midst of this great sea, or maybe an oasis in the midst of a great desert, and we feel alone. But how alone are we? I mean, how alone are we really? It can feel alone. I know that we can at times feel alone, but how alone are we? According to our last statistics, 1.8 million people are LCMS Lutherans. 1.8 million. That's not very alone. Even if we step back, 205 million people in the United States claim that they are Christian. Now, I do say claim. Obviously, not all of them are maybe good practicing Christians, but even if you took 50%, even if only 50% of those people we're practicing Christians. That's a hundred, over a hundred million people. That doesn't seem very alone. And what about if we step back and walk even further? 2.2 billion people in the world claim that they are Christians. 2.2 billion with a B. Again, even if you take 50% of those, even if only 50% are real Christians, because again, there are countries that, entire countries that are of a certain faith, and it's just if you're in that country, that's just what faith you are. But even if you took it at 50%, that's 1.1 billion. Even if you took 25%, that's 500 million people that are Christians. That's not very alone but it can still feel alone. As we watch all of the various pressures outside of our doors, as we watch all the things happening around us, it can really feel like we are alone. It can really feel that way. And I think to some degree that feeling is going to actually help us to understand the Old Testament story today. Because you see, when we look at the Old Testament story today, we see Elijah who feels very, very alone. He feels very alone. But in order to understand the story, we also need a little bit of context. You see, in the pages of Holy Scripture that precede this story, Elijah's in northern Israel. He's at Mount Carmel, which is, which is pretty close to, to the northern section of Israel. It's kind of almost on the northern edge of the central part, if that makes any sense. And there he is, and he decides to have a duel with these prophets of Baal. 450 of them, one of him. The prophets of Baal set up this altar, they they put their sacrifice on it, and then they start trying to wake God up, wake Baal up. 
they start dancing. They start cutting themselves. They start doing all this stuff, trying to get Baal to just wake up and accept the sacrifice. Elijah, for what it's worth, starts to mock them a little bit. Middle schoolers, if you've only ever read this in Sunday school, go back to the actual Scriptures and read it. It's hilarious. Elijah mocking the prophets of Baal. He mocks them. He asks them if maybe, you know, God just can't wake up. Baal can't wake up. And that's the problem. Or maybe, maybe he's using the restroom. That's what it is. Baal is using the restroom and doesn't have time to go and, and get their sacrifice. But then it's Elijah's turn. Then it's Elijah's turn with the Lord Almighty and he sets up the altar. He sets up the sacrifice. He pours water all over it. And he just prays. No waiting, no dancing. Just a simple prayer. And fire comes down from heaven and consumes the offering. Elijah is right. The Lord... And the prophets of Baal are killed. They are slaughtered. And maybe it is that when Elijah wakes up the next morning, he expects things to be different. Maybe he expects people to, to all of a sudden go running to the Lord God. Maybe he expects, who knows? But that's not what he gets. It's not too much longer that the queen hears about what happens and she threatens Elijah's life, and Elijah goes running. He goes running for his life. Nothing has changed. Nobody has his back. And Elijah is alone. And so he runs, and he runs. He goes from that northern part of Israel, all the part of Israel, and keeps going south. South past Beersheba, which is one of the more southernmost points, and he keeps going south until he gets to the Mount of the Lord. And at the Mount of the Lord is where our text begins. With Elijah at the mountain talking to God, feeling alone, feeling like he's the only one that's left, and we get it. We get it. We understand what it means to feel like you are alone. Even finally, when God answers and says, There are thousands for it. And yet, sometimes we feel alone. He had 7,000. So, yes, Elijah felt alone. And then God teaches a lesson. He teaches a lesson to Elijah, and I think to some degree he teaches a great lesson for us as well. You see, Elijah put a lot of stock in this great big thing, this, this great big duel with the prophets of Baal, and the, the, the coming And all too often, we do the same thing, don't we? We look at these big things that go on around us, and we expect all these, these great things to be involved in it. And we, we just love the, the, the largeness of it, the bigness of it. We get caught up in all these things of great magnitude, thinking that's the way, that's the only way forward, only things of great magnitude. And that's where Elijah is at. And so God takes him out, and He shows him these things of great magnitude, this great fire. 
But God is not there. God is not there. But then, that still, small voice, that low whisper, and Elijah is shaken to his core. It's there in the small thing, the little thing. That is where God is. How often do we do the, the same thing? I, going over to Germany, you, you see all these great big castles and cathedrals, and it's beautiful, it's gorgeous. People spent their, their lifetime giving glory to God to build these great things. And sometimes you might get left with the impression that to go to, to church at a place like that must be somehow holier or better than going to some small country church. But it's just not true. It's just not true. Yes, those things are beautiful. And yes, those people spent at times their lives building these great masterpieces of art. But yet, God doesn't say He promises to be in the art. But yet, when a small child comes to the font and a little bit of water and God's holy word is spoken, God is there. God is at work. It might seem so small. It might seem so insignificant. It doesn't really seem like anything happens, but yet it does. God is there. God come forward. We're going to come forward here in a little bit. We're going to receive a little piece of bread and wine, and it's going to seem so insignificant. The bread isn't even really all that good. But yet God is there. Christ's true body and blood given and shed for you is there. Forgiveness of your sins. Strengthening of your faith received in Christ Jesus. It's not a big thing. It's not a huge thing. But yet it is. For God is present. And God is there. And yes, being forgiven of our sins, being, being strengthened in faith, we go out and, and, and yes, we, we, maybe we try to make that masterpiece or maybe we just go and tell others about Jesus. It might seem like such a small thing, but yet it's such a big thing. It's such a huge thing to be able to be given that great message, that gospel message, that we are forgiven of our sins and that we can share that news with others, that great and wonderful news. It might seem like only a few minutes of time and it might seem like nothing really happened, but yet God is at work there. It's not about how good we are or how great we word things, but it's about how great our God is. How good and big He is. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.